When there is a community that supports it, wants to really see that happen, you get buy-in from a lot of different entities that support that cycling measure, anything's possible. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I am absolutely delighted today to introduce Amy Ross, the director of Bike Bentonville, to you. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks, Kristen. Happy to be here. It's so great to have you here. And we have quite a storied history together, going back to Tony Ellsworth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a, a page from both of our past. Great guy, awesome experience for both of us, but that's how long we've known each other. It's been a while. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I like actually counted up as like 14 years ish now. That's crazy. My daughter was was probably a baby when we were working on that because she's 14 now. Probably. <laughs> Some of that's starting to come back. So that's crazy. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. And I just feel like I won the lottery having you here because what you're leading up Bike Bentonville is extraordinary. And it is so exciting as a passionate cyclist myself and leading a company that works with a lot of cycling brands, but also works beyond cycling. And we really have just a heartfelt commitment to getting more people outdoors and more people on bikes, not just the really cool people with the right height socks. (laughs) Right. Yep. What you're doing is just incredible. And I literally feel like you're going to bring so much value to the Channel Mastery audience today talking about your experience with Bike Bentonville. But before we go to that, let's talk about your background, kind of who you are and and your career experience and how you got to Bentonville. Yeah. So yeah, as we kind of touched on, Ellsworth was my first job in the cycling space pretty much right out of college, maybe a few months after, and um, dove right into working on the manufacturing side, doing sales and marketing. Spent three-ish years there, had a short little stint with Zoic and helped them for a short time, and then ended up with Crank Brothers for a while up in Laguna Beach and uh, spent another three-ish years there. Had some great opportunities working with that company, again, all from a manufacturing standpoint and all pretty much like mountain biking related. Fortunate enough to meet my husband through that process, who is a Colorado native, and he wanted to go back there. So we moved to Colorado and I ended up working for IMBA, the International Mountain Bicycling Association. And that move for me was really strategic. And the fact that I had spent a lot of time working on the manufacturing side and really loved it, but I always kind of felt like there was something out there that it was like, what, there's something else. There's more to this. And so jumping in with Imba, um, I stayed there for a little over five years. Imba led me to Bentonville. It introduced me to this community in 2015. And then I was part of the team that helped host the Imba World Summit down here. And then shortly after that, a few short years after that, my boss here, Kayleen, with Visit Bentonville, had, had reached out and recruited me to take this position and helping sell Bentonville as a, as a tourism destination, in particular for cyclists. And so for me, it was kind of a really good like next step because it's what I love about mountain biking and cycling in general is the places that you get to go and what that does to connect people to the outdoors. 
And so I feel like I've kind of found my niche and in this whole community is, is connecting the bike and the people to the places. Oh, I just, I can't wait to dig more into this. I mean, first of all, we have to talk about how this role came to be. And I, I believe, you know, just as in doing the research and being part of the bicycle community, the cycling community at large, there's all kinds of opinions. I feel like people have such strong opinions about Bentonville. It's not like a polarizing opinion at all. I don't think there's any animosity, but there's a lot of speculation. They're just wondering like, well, what's going on there and how has it grown so fast? And of course they kind of go into, as we all do, when they don't have information, they make up their own, right? And so they're deciding, well, it must be Walmart money or it must be this. And I would love to just have you talk about how the position was developed, what the foundation was that you came in on and like where you're going with this and really give us like the true story, please. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. And I'm, I'm happy that I get to be a part of it now. Bike Bentonville was a nonprofit that was created back in 2009. It's shifted a little bit between different parts of the city and now into the tourism aspect where um, Visit Bentonville has completely absorbed the brand and, and uses that to to promote our story of cycling here in our community. Um, but, you know, to, to kind of go back to where a lot of this started was about 2006, there was some trail development that was going on, some local advocates and mountain bikers that were out digging in the woods just north of town. A couple of those happened to be heirs to, to Walmart and, and the Walton money. And so it's great to know that they're just like, the rest of us, you know, advocating for trails and what they loved. And from there, it's, it's continued to grow. Now, I think those first few years were, were slow development, like you see in many communities, putting the trails there, showing that people are using them, going and advocating for a little bit more, how that continues to build out. And they really worked within the community, those advocates to, to build more advocates. And uh, Kayleen and, and our office here was one of them that they went and really talked to her about what they were trying to do and, and what they wanted to create as a vision for this community is providing opportunities for people that were living here to have an active, healthy lifestyle, but with the forthright to think that it could be a destination at some point in the future. And so, you know, when you think about the process of that from 2006 to today, um, I think everyone around here really agrees that around 2016, when the Ember World Summit came here, really put us on the map. It allowed Visit Bentonville to bring in some media partners to really share the story of what was happening here. And the world was really introduced to Bentonville. I mean, more trail development was happening. Um, and yeah, a lot of that comes with traditional and non-traditional partnerships, more collaboration. I think those first few years of seeing what was possible started to get more buy-in from different community partners that this was a viable economic driver for this community and something that they did want to continue to advocate for, keep as a place in, in our, in our city and beyond. And that's where we are now today. Well, and there's a lot in there that I think the channel mastery community can benefit from understanding. And that is how you got the story out. And obviously we talk about the bobbing and weaving and continual optimization and change that happens and how we do that. But the story that you shared obviously isn't going to change. That's the founder story. So I'm wondering if there might have been um, a few things that happened like when you came in that were almost like, because you have a, a great background in multiple facets of cycling, but obviously in marketing and communications, I'm sure you came in and were like, wait, you're not telling this story here. We need to do this here. Like what were some of the like low hanging fruit moments where you were just like, I'm going to tweak this arrow and push it in this direction and probably saw a lot of traction come from that. I think it's thinking about, you know, consciously and purposefully thinking about like how we're po posting out on social media and, and what some of that is and actually 
looking at it from a holistic approach and going, okay, the last couple of days, maybe we've shared the same type of looking riders on our social media. Let's make sure we're, we're really getting a little bit more diverse in that. And so we're more, more purposeful in that aspect. I think the whole team here has really gotten behind it and social media, video, newsletter, even like upping the content in our newsletter and, and sharing some stories in there of some of the people here or telling the story of a trail. Maybe a trail got a facelift. How are we talking about that? How are we telling, sharing that story? Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, it's ever changing. And so you have to constantly keep up with it, um, sharing the story with the media, bringing in um, travel writers and social influencers has helped us a lot allowing them to come and and spend time in our community and showing them the trails, introducing them to the culinary aspects that we have, the arts and culture that's continuing to bloom and develop. And it really allowed us to share the entire experience, not just the cycling component of it, but that Bentonville is really a destination and a place to come for, for, for cyclists and then beyond that. And allowing people to tap into it. Yeah, it's incredible. What I have the great fortune of having been able to be there for the media weekend that we did around Big Sugar's launch. And I fell in love with the community. And I mean, it looks, it's an absolutely adorable, picturesque, small town. There's a couple of things I just want to share with the audience. And of course, we'll put links to everything that we can in, in the show notes. But the town itself is just, it almost looks like a Disney set, It's but it's real. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely adorable and so shoppable. And like, you literally want to go explore the square that, tell us about the coffee shop there, because that's kind of a big, big draw. I bought a couple of pieces of swag from there that I'm quite proud of, actually. <laughs> and the coffee scene just continues to grow here as well. So yeah, our downtown square is is a really unique place and it's it is very picturesque. We do get people that say it's very Disneyland or Mayberry and I think one of the things that I've really really love and appreciate about our our downtown square and our community are a couple of things. One when you go other places, it really does make you feel appreciative when you come home to see what we have, the time, the care, the collaboration the community development that's really gone into this. And then two, that you can access trails right from that square. I mean, yeah. that, that's pretty amazing <laughs> in it itself. Um, but then the, the different aspects of the restaurants and the culture that are in and around that, and the coffee shops where you have this New York style feeling coffee lab right in the heart of downtown and they're welcoming to everyone, including cyclists. I mean, you could walk over there at any point during the day and you see mountain bikers hanging out out front, drinking a coffee after they've either come back from a ride or they're ready to go. And it's allowed, you know, places like that and those restaurant experiences to create even more and kind of push the bar a little bit. Like we're, we're the biggest small city is what a lot of people will say. We have a lot of great big city amenities in a very small, quaint, very tight-knit community. So it, and it does really feel like it was very intentional the way that it was designed. So I'm assuming that the same force that had the vision behind creating the world-class trail system and, and probably, you know, whatever goes into creating road biking and, and commuting safety, and then also obviously the gravel, right? That's been a, a fabulous addition. And I know we can get to the cyclocross component here in a minute. But um, that same brain trust, if you will, I think also is putting this community together. And I, I see a lot of art. I see culture. I see, you know, just great restaurants, as you say, and just a very walkable, great, tight-knit community. So is that kind of the way that it's, is that also Walmart vision, like the heirs of the Walmart vision there? I think the Walton Family Foundation being here and and having their 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 headquarters, their home office for both 
Walmart and the family foundation here, they're all great partners in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the city plays a huge role in it. Visit Bentonville, our chamber, our parks and rec department. I mean, I could go on and on the list of partners that come to the table and have these discussions about what the future looks like and what this community can continue to benefit from and how does that fit in and continue to develop off of what we have. So those visions, I would say, are not, you know, standalone. They're someone may come to the table with like, hey, I have this great idea. And then next thing you know, there's all these other people sitting at the table and they're feeding off of that. And it it grows into something very natural for our community and a little bit maybe more purposeful thought through. And you end up with some of these really great results where you have a place that feels safe and comfortable and fun and different and affordable. Yeah. 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 It is very affordable. Everybody. It which is. Is important. Yeah. You can't forget that part. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a quick question and it does kind of tie into like the economic impact. As you mentioned, in 2006, this, this vision was kicked off. People were building trails, et cetera. Has that given you and your team enough time to have numbers to share? And is that driving decision-making? For sure. So one of the things that happened in 2017, a study was conducted in partnership between the Walton Family Foundation and People for Bikes. And their charter was to to measure the impact and specifically around cycling. And they did that and their reports came out and there was some really, really great information that came out where they found that $27 million were directly impacted by tour from tourism. That's fantastic. Yeah. And the, the numbers go on. The overall impact was 137 million. That also includes health and wellness benefits So that study that happened really kind of was a bigger package. A lot of folks here, especially our office, is always interested in the data and the numbers and trying to understand where people are coming from and what are the things that they're most attractive to. But being able to take sort of that benchmark and now know where to measure from um, moving forward and in the future as we continue to plan. And so... Yes, those numbers are looked after. They have helped create what's going to, you know, be planned next. And we continue to look for other opportunities in which we can find better data to share. So, Amy, I have a quick question that continues on the economic topic, but not really uh, in a way it does because of just the diversification of like cyclists that I think you're attracting. But Benville is located in a really special place regionally. And, you know, as a person who's worked in the outdoor active lifestyle markets for decades now, it's always the Southeast that seems to be like a puzzle piece you can't solve in terms of distribution or sales channels. It's almost like Southern Europe. <laughs> and yeah, and, it, and and the reason I say that is it's just when you look at like the regions that people kind of quarter out as they're looking at sales territories, for example, that's always one that's a little bit of a quandary. And what I've seen Bike Bentonville do that's, I think, remarkable is you've almost played to that strength. And I think that people in that region or even on the East Coast have a very direct line to experience their identity as cyclists in Bentonville. And they want to raise their hand and be part of that community. Can you talk about some of the intentional things that you've done through your marketing, through channels or through storytelling that have purposefully like widened the portal to invite more people in from different regions and different economic backgrounds and maybe even different nationalities? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I mean, I'll start here locally. What the trails were originally developed for the the people living in this community, for the residents. And a lot of that was because we are the home of Walmart. And Walmart was bringing in employees from, quite frankly, all over the world. And so giving those employees an opportunity to participate in that, that active, healthy lifestyle and making that a little bit more ex- accessible instead of letting them wonder, how do I get to these things or where do I find that stuff within the community or within the region or the state? And so 
I think there's a lot of the trails got put there and starting to talk to them, starting to talk to the Walmart associates about what's here and what's available to them, making the bike pass go right directly to their office. That's a pretty surefire way to like reach out and grab them directly. And then from there, as we really started thinking about the vision overall and moving forward and how you're really attracting tourists, it's just kind of starting small and reaching out. What's that five-hour drive time to get people here Mm -hmm. and reaching into those markets and using a lot of traditional channels, you know, magazine ads or opportunities to host travel riders from those communities that are maybe smaller publications that you don't see at a national level, but are really good information sources for the people that are in those communities. That's been super successful going out and talking to those communities in particular, if they're hosting events or summits and telling, asking for the opportunity to tell our story and share what we have going on here. And then growing upon that, I will say that that was one part of the story that I love is Kayleen, our president and David Wright, who is the parks and rec director here in Bentonville would tag team and they would go to some of these conferences around the country and talk about the Bentonville story and how the trails are connected to the square and the downtown and the restaurants. And it was before, you know, it looked like it does today. And so it was a a lot less that we had available to us, but they were so driven and passionate and believed in where we were going and what we had that the story was powerful and people came and they loved it. Mm -hmm. And they came again and they continue to love it. And every time they come now there's more. And so I think every year we sit down and look at like what's kind of like that next area that we want to reach to. There's definitely things that we've worked with with the team of a little bit more strategic, like, you know, working with partners like Mountain Flyer. We know they're traditionally a, a Western magazine. You know, how do we get them to help tell our story here of what's happening? Because it is different than what's happened in the West promoting ourselves as being part of the heartland. I mean, we are right in the middle of the U.S. pretty much. And so Mm -hmm. easily um, able to get to from a a much broader population or larger population base. One of the best airports ever, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Again, one of those things that you appreciate when you come home from other places in your life. I like that this is easy to get through. It is. It's easy to initiate. I mean, and and so I guess one of the things I saw, and I think it was close to the time that we did the big sugar activation there, was your story. I I know you were part of it. The women's mountain biking, I don't know if it's a club or a group, but I saw some fantastic coverage and some very aspirational photos that included what I thought was a wide range of, of female riders. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because, And then we'll kind of go into almost like an air war and a ground war in terms of what you're doing with the tourism outreach as well as like what the global cycling community is doing already for you, you know? So I want to talk about that too. Okay, yeah. So the women's movement, um, Women of Oz is the name of the group and they launched themselves last year. Um, In fact, March was their first ride. I was fortunate enough to to be a part of that that movement that happened. And I would say, I think the women's cycling piece was here. There was a group that was doing it. And then another group came in and these ladies were doing it. And then you saw another group come in. And um, so there was a few different groups all riding, but not necessarily riding together. And there was a moment in time that someone asked the question, like, how do we bring this all together? And so a bunch of us got in a room. I think it was about 30 women. It was interesting for me to be in that room, being at that point still fairly new to actually residing in the community. But they kept referencing back an event that I helped bring here when I was still with IMBA was the IMBA Women's Uprising that we held in Bentonville um, the spring of 2018. And to hear some of these women in the room that attended that event and talked about how inspired they were to get out there and ride more, to be a placemaker in the community, to start advocating more and really understand a little bit of what it takes 
from the back end of just like, as opposed to just writing. And so from that, seeing this momentum that these women wanted to gather behind and say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to get, we're going to get really organized and we're going to be a little bit more purposeful about this and commit to something that everyone felt like they could commit to, you know, they didn't overextend themselves. It's every first Saturday of the month, they host a ride. They bring together women of, you know, all varieties. They open up skills clinics. So if you have never been on a a mountain bike ever, you have the opportunity to learn some techniques and skills before you end up going out on the, you know, what a lot of them perceive to be the super scary trails that we have here. And they also look for opportunities to help finding, find them tools to get there. Like if they don't have a bike, we tapped into the bike shops and the parks and rec department and different entities to just help provide that so that the barrier isn't there. They're continuing to, to move forward and integrate into the community and really try to make their way. So this first year has been about, you know, being really consistent, um, getting more women out there, and then really trying to establish themselves as one of those collaborators in the community around the cycling space. Well, as an outsider, seeing the, the media on that, it really showed me right away that there's a commitment from the community to grow women's participation. And just so you know, when you're always on the inside, it feels like we're committing to what we can. And I mean, it looks like an incredible movement. And when you say 30 people showed up to like plan it in this one community, that's incredible. So I just also want to point that out to the audience. You're doing a great job. I think if she can see it, she can be it. You're, you're depicting that, I think, with your marketing collateral. And that goes the same for, you know, people of color and different age groups and families and, you know, somebody wearing a full face helmet versus a half shell helmet. Like, I just feel like you guys are doing a great job enabling people to see themselves in your marketing. And that's something that everybody listening today, I think, could take a page out of your playbook for. And I would say with that, like, it's not necessarily that it's a marketing strategy that we're like, hey, we got to make sure we have women or we have to make sure we have, you know, the kids and um, people in full face or half shells. Like, that's what's happening here in the community. Like, we know that the best way to share Bentonville and to market Bentonville is by bringing people here. And once they see it, then they know and understand because it, it really is that authentic across the board. Like, I mean, my husband, when he moved here from Colorado, and he's like, why are all these people riding around cross-country trails in full-face helmets? <laughs> because he did, like, to your point, like, being in the industry for so long, like, he's like, that's what he knew. And I'm like, hey, if that's what's making them feel comfortable to get out there and do it, more power to them. And, he, you know, it took him a little bit to get used to it, but he's like, you're right. It is really cool to see a lot more different types of people engaging in mountain biking. Oh, I bet it's very heartening for him. This whole life seems to have been, just so people know, Nat Ross is not only the co-director of the Big Sugar Gravel event, but he's a, a Hall of Fame mountain biker. So I just had to put that plug in because I know you're both very humble. So um, going back to kind of like channel and marketing and and sales and all the stuff that I know a lot of the my beloved nerds with Channel Mastery, we all love to ask. They I would be remiss not to ask. You sound like you're, you know, you brought this very diverse background that has product, that has sales, that has marketing and nonprofits. And I'm curious to know, it, it sounds like the job that you're in is much, much more than marketing. Basically, you're rolling up to the tourism office. Does that mean it's a government job or is this, what is like the structure that you're in? And let's talk about what success looks like for you in this role. Yeah. So we're an interesting entity. We were created by the city. What we like to call ourselves is quasi-government. We're not nonprofit, but we aren't, we are not managed by the city. We do have a board of commissioners that sit in roles of, hospitality. And then we also have a couple that are city commissioners as well. So that that streamline of collaboration is always continuing to go back and forth between the city and us. A lot of tourism bureaus are also part of their chamber of commerce. We also have a chamber of commerce and they are separate. So it really does allow our office to focus on 
the tourism aspect, bringing people into this community and showing them everything that Bentonville has to offer. And so for me in particular in this role, I, I do get to focus on cycling and you're right, it does go beyond. It's more than marketing communications. It's also trying to sell this community and convince people to come here and continuing to look for other opportunities to kind of broaden what we have um, and also being a part of the community and a collaborator in that as well and being able to share some of those thoughts and experiences both from my former life and then what I've learned in being here and as a community member now and a resident, someone that wants something, knowing that people these days want to travel to places where people want to live. So they can be kind of one and the same a little bit there. And it sounds to me like that's a very, as you said, it's a special, the office itself sounds like it may not be necessarily replicable in other communities. But what I'm trying to get across is there probably, if there's a will, there's a way. And if we're talking about over $120 million in revenue that's tied back to cycling, think about the other um, gateway communities, if you will. I'm thinking of Ashley Kornblatt at Outer Bike with the work that she does. And I'm thinking about why wouldn't we have people who are advocating for cycling as part of a larger tourism opportunity? It's definitely turning return for you. So I just want to make sure I get that on the record in this. <laughs> Even if you don't have the same runway that Bentonville does, there may be, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think one of the things that we're hoping with this is to be, I would never say that we want to, we're, we're looking to be the leader in this, but we would love for people to be able to learn from us. And we offer those opportunities with some of the things that we do like in betrayal labs and, and sharing that message that you don't, it, you don't necessarily have to be Bentonville or do it like Bentonville, but when there is a community that supports it, wants to really see that happen, you get buy-in from a lot of different entities that support that cycling measure anything's possible. And bikes make you feel like anything's possible too, for that matter. I'm just going to throw that out there. So let's let's take a little look at the cottage industry that's growing up around Bentonville in cycling. And if there are other facets to it in Outdoor Active Lifestyle, we're all ears. But I understand that there's Allied and obviously Viathlon. I Sorry if I said that the wrong way. But can you talk a little bit about the hard goods companies that are popping up there? If there's anything we need to know from a retail standpoint, a service standpoint, like how is that growing with the tourism dollars and the, the focus on cycling? So I think with some of those brands, like one of the things that we know for sure from a tourism standpoint is by you know bringing people into this community and doing what we do by branding and promoting and selling our destination, it does lead to economic development. There's a direct line in that. And so when it comes down to it, are, are we going out and looking for companies like Allied and saying, hey, please move your operations here? That's not what we do, but we know that that, that is happening. And so that's where the Chamber of Commerce then steps in and they're like, okay, we're going to pick up that ball and run with it now. There is a movement to, to try and bring more um, bike industry and at some point, outdoor industry brands here, we wouldn't be the first community to, to do that and make that purpose draw to try and attract those types of businesses. I think the cycling aspect is really big because of the fact that assets that we have with the allied piece being a component down in Little Rock, the move to Bentonville was, was easier. And then it also allows them as a as a company and as a brand to open up the door for for a larger talent pool as well because we know that people are are moving into northwest arkansas in pretty high numbers i think they said it's like 34 people a day into the region wow so yeah it's it's an it's a desirable area to live because the cost of living is still relatively low um and you have a lot of great amenities and so um, basing those brands, some of those brands here. And I think brands like Allied and Rafa now and Viathlon are, um, you know, anchors for what we'll see coming in the future. I think there will be other brands that'll look to us as a place that they can call home. 
And it's really interesting. We we look at this a lot for the work that we do with our clients, especially VeloFix right now. We're looking at this a tremendous amount. But when you look at the com- competition between cities for talent, and a lot of it is, I think the headlines point to tech more so, right? Um, but this is something, I mean, it's a very tight labor pool. And people are going to have more and more choice in terms of like the companies and communities they want to live in. And I actually think that what you're putting on the map in terms of outdoor recreation in the form of cycling, but I know that your trails are probably used and there's rivers and lakes and everything around you, like you're in a Mecca, but that actually is a huge, huge draw. And I spent four years on the outdoor recreation board with Colorado. I mean, I know that you were involved in that with Imba as well. And that was a huge part of what was drawing people was let's build in a quality of life here, but you have a better airport, you don't have the traffic, and you have far better access. And there's probably a lot of other infrastructure things that you could tout as bonuses as well, but I just think it's just a matter of time. And you're right, seeing those big brands step up is, and that the Rafa move was very recent, right? That was in first quarter of 2020 that that was announced. Yep. So I just guarantee there's going to be more. And, and that leads to my next question, I think, really, really seamlessly, and that is just the number of events that you have going on there. It's just incredible, the proliferation of events and and opportunity for people to come and experience this community. How much of that is, is organic and how much of that is just people saying we have to be down there? I have clients who are literally asking, well, we want to get involved in this event because we have to see what the heck's going on in Bentonville. Right. Yeah. So I think there's probably at this point in time, there might be a little bit of both going on between both like, you know, us, us pulling that stuff in and then a little bit of that organic place now where people have come and then like, I want to do my event there. But I think, you know, I give a lot of credit to the team at Visit Bentonville and some of those early on advocates, you know, and they started building out this trail system and, started learning more and they got really involved with IMBA and they were leaning on IMBA a lot for some of the development practices and, and working with different entities and things like that. And then learned about the world summit. And in 2014, they bid for the world summit. They wanted the world summit really bad. And unfortunately they were turned down and they said, well, don't just go away, come back. You know, we're, we're interested. And so they really, you know, put down a lot of effort and energy into creating a space that in 2016, when they applied for it again, they were awarded it. And so I think there was a a lot of strong drive and energy going out there going like, we know we can do this, just give us that opportunity. And they did. And it was amazing. It was I mean, they blew it out of the water. The town overall, I think the hospitality that you feel when you come here in general that Southern hospitality, as they say, was something that really drew people in. And then the trails and the overall experience on top of that, I think is just something that when people hear Bentonville, Arkansas, I think we still have a little bit of that stigma that they don't, they don't think, uh, they think they know what they're going to get. And then they get here and they're like, wow, that was not at all what I had imagined. And, <laughs> That's exactly right. And in a po- from a positive place. So from that standpoint, I think, you know, the Ember World Summit in 2016 really kind of was this launching pad um, that allowed the door to open for um, more conversations with partners like Epic Rides, like Outer Bike to bring those events here. And in 2018, both of those started their inaugural years here and, and are continuing. And then, you know, it's always been a constant like, well, what what else is there? What else can we do? And, and not just in the mountain biking space for cycling, but, you know, overall, like from, you know, what do we have from road infrastructure and Greenway? Because there are some local events that are happening here that are really big and are done really well. We have an event called Square to Square that happens twice a year and it runs the length of the Razorback Greenway. Um, in the spring, it starts in Bentonville and, or I'm um, sorry, starts in Fayetteville and ends in Bentonville. And in the fall, it starts in Bentonville and ends in Fayetteville. And it's a great collaboration between communities. That's cool. But then, you know, when I got here, um, started kind of digging in and exploring a little bit more than the, than the mountain bike trails. And 
and my love for being on the dirt and looking at the gravel piece and seeing that there were there were some established gravel events that were really more locally focused and driven. Sometimes they would get some people coming in and out depending on the time of year and proximity to where they were and training schedules and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, is this area ripe and sitting down with the team here going, is this something that we should really look after? And everyone's like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can do. And, you know, having the opportunity to, to reach out to, you know, one of the, the best run gravel event producers in the world, in my opinion, and, and say, Hey, what do you guys think about Bentonville <laughs> and, and, and bringing them, them in to experience it and seeing if this was a fit for something that they wanted and, and being able to now, you know, put that on our list that we can really showcase with that partnership showcase what else we have, because I mean, Kristen, you probably saw it when you were here, the amazing like hollows that we have and landscapes you being part of the foothills of the Ozarks is just astonishing. Every time I go out and explore someplace new, I'm, I'm, I'm always blown away about what you can find out there. You literally feel like you're in a different country. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's not a walk in the park. I mean, there's definitely terrain for everybody, but I just want, you know, everybody to know, like you're talking about the Dirty Kansas promoters, I'm assuming, and they have incredible vision and they are world-class. And just like you, we come from cycling, like product is king and queen. Terrain and trails have been king and queen. This gravel is definitely top of the line. And it is something that I think you're just scratching the surface of. I can't even imagine how much more there is, but it is nothing short of pristine, beautiful wilderness that you literally can only see on a bike. And listening to Christy Moan talk about it gives you goosebumps. I mean, she literally was driving around in a pickup truck with you guys, I think, and looking at everything. And she tells that story and almost gets teary. I mean, it is literally like a, a soulful place to ride. It is. And I think it's, you know, like, again, like there, you see a boom now in riders here that are like, okay, what's this gravel thing? We've got to do that. Can I take my mountain bike out? And it's like, yes, bring your mountain bike, bring what, let's go. And let's, you know, you see these pop-up rides that are now happening on Sunday evenings. That's an easy, you know, 10 to 15 ish mile gravel ride. That's just really chill to help bring the community culture piece along with it and, and help people understand what, what that component is and why it's so special. So before I ask you what it looks like ahead, I would love to ask you, what has been your proudest moment in your role? I think for me, it's, um, being able to come in and being a part of what is continuing to develop here. I think now is such a really cool time for Bentonville when it comes to the cycling movement, being a part of that community, um, integrating with a lot of the players that have been around for years and some of the new ones that are coming to the table and how different ideas and visions are bubbling up to the surface and and where that will go. Um, And knowing that some of those visions we're going to see in a shorter amount of time than, than some other places might generally go after. Um, I will say that things in Bentonville move pretty fast. And, you know, that's because we have a community that supports it. And then being able to be a resident and a local as part of the culture, um, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint, as well as you know, there's just no shortage of people that you can call up on any given day and say, hey, are you riding this afternoon? Let's let's go. And or engaging with new riders, showing them that feel and helping teach them has been, you know, some of the, the awesome parts. And then introducing other people to this community. There's nothing more that I love than someone new coming down here and being able to show them some of the trails. And then everything that we have that's off the trail too. Right. And the mind blown emoji. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this place exists. It's, you know, it, it's pretty special. 
It is. It is. And your timing was just spot on. And I, I also just have to say, the timing was great, of course, but your leadership has really driven this. And I love that you are on a team with a, with people who are in tourism and chamber and a community that backs it. I mean, there are so many areas, I think, across the country that have potentially beautiful terrain as well, but they have um, maybe a little bit of an op opposition within the community that kind of doesn't like new people or new this or that. And I just also hold Bentonville up as like, look what can happen when you are open-minded. Look what can happen when you do put outdoor recreation first to help grow an economy or in a tandem with another major industry or major company. It just has been so additive and added so much character. And I think that that's something that's important for us to take away here as well. And I just have to ask, I don't want to pigeonhole future with cyclocross at all. So I'm going to ask a quick question on the cyclocross win that you had recently, and then we'll go into how do you see maybe the near-term future shaping up for Bike Bentonville. So tell us about the cyclocross grab. So the cyclocross event is actually going to take place in Fayetteville. So the 2022 World Championships was announced, and that will take place at a, a park that they're developing out called Centennial Park down in Fayetteville. And, you know, as a region, we're super supportive. We know that we're stronger together. And so when it comes to big events like that, like the world is coming to Northwest yes. Arkansas. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, like everyone's got to get prepared. And so not only is it, I mean, yes, well, the, the center of the cyclocross piece is going to be in Fayetteville. We know that, um, Bentonville is going to have, you know, some support and help and a piece of that, just as well as Rogers and Springdale and some of the other communities um, along the, the corridor. And we're supportive of what they want to do. In fact, Experience Fayetteville, the tourism agency down there, hired a cycling coordinator as of recent. And so he and I actually spend, you know, again, another unique position. We spend time every month, like just getting together and connecting on you know, things that he's working on and I'm working on and, and how are we working together to make things stronger. So not only is it happening in the city of Bentonville, that, that, overall collaboration and community buy-in, but it's, it's happening across the region as well. And I think that's really unique in that space because without it, you know, would we be able to, to have some of that stuff? I, I don't know. I mean, it would be, might be a little bit tough, but I think just knowing that you have the support from your neighbors. Yep. And that buy-in really does. I mean, when that happens, we do applaud and clap for everyone. I mean, when the big sugar was announced here in Bentonville, you know, he called me up and he said, hey, congratulations. That's a, that's a really great win. And so it's vice versa. That's awesome. So tell us about the future. What, I mean, I know you can't open the kimono completely, but can you share a little bit of what's exciting for you on the near-term horizon? I think for us is you know, continuing to, to, to find the spaces to introduce more people to the sport and how we play a role in that being at the table. When we're talking about what else do we need here as a, in our community to continue to draw more cycling types, more different types of people that are riding all those different cycling types, making sure that we do have you know, something for everyone when it comes to cycling and then how we're integrating them into our community and, and the arts and culture scene and all the different special events that we have in that space. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, we all kind of laugh about it, is like, there's always, there's something to do here all the time. And when you go to those places, you always tend to run into someone that you know, and, and I'm not talking about just like cycling related events, but it's, yeah, I mean, we're always, we're always open-minded. We're always looking for maybe what's next and what continues to grow and how we can expand and, you know, continue to share our community with more. I, I know the event piece for us is something that 
will always continue to look at as a driver for both our economy, but also giving people a reason to come. Like you said, you know, you have a lot of clients that are like, we're going to work that event is on our list because we need to go and, and check it out and see what's going on down there. So it's, it's finding opportunities to give people that reason and maybe what, we're, what else we're missing. Mm-hmm. And I look awesome. at it in particular from a cycling standpoint. So, Well, they're so lucky to have you. And I also just want to say that you probably don't realize this, but what you're doing there is very inspiring in terms of all the things we've talked about today. But with you being a strong, experienced female executive leading it is super cool to me. And I just want to say that because I think it's important to say, and I think you're doing great work. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's fun when, you know, like you get up every day and you really enjoy what you do and the job that you get to do. It makes it so well worth it. So well worth it. And, you know, I continue to look forward to being able to share what has happened here with more folks. So that's awesome. Yeah. And we will have links to everything, but let's tell my amazing audience where they can find immediate information on Bike Bentonville and Bentonville in general. Yeah. So you can visit our website. It's visit Bentonville forward slash Bike Bentonville um, is where you can find most of the bike related materials or visit Bentonville.com to, to really look at planning your trip. You can follow us on social media at Bike Bentonville and visit Bentonville on both Instagram. Um, we share a lot of content and resources between both that as well as Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I really can't wait to see what else you and your colleagues are leading down there. And I will definitely see you hopefully a couple times this year in person. Great. We'll look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advance notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings. Thanks for listening and see you next week.